Hello and welcome back to this week's Influencer Marketing Talks brought to you by Cure Media, one of the leading influencer marketing agencies for high street fashion, home and beauty brands, presenting your weekly podcast to learn more about consumer marketing in the digital age and all things influence marketing in right around 15 minutes. I'm Frida Ekholm, creative strategist at Cure Media, and in today's episode, I have Erika Kulpepper, general manager for multicultural beauty at the worldwide known beauty brand L'Oreal with me in the studio. Altogether, Erika has over 20 years of experience in the beauty industry, which has taken her to some of the biggest and most iconic beauty brands in the world. And today, we're going to hear from Erika about inclusive beauty. Hi, Erica, and welcome to Influence Marketing Talks. How are you today? Frida, I'm great. Thank you so much for having me. I'm super excited about our conversation today. Me too. And I was thinking before we get into the more deep dive questions, I know that you have an extensive background in the beauty industry, whereas soon 18 years has been at L'Oreal. So before we dive into the topic of today, can you tell us a bit about your career path within beauty, what you do at L'Oreal today, and overall your career path in this industry? Yes, 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 of course. So I have been in the beauty business for over 20 years, and I literally am living the career of my dreams. So for me, that is a true honor uh, that I get to live that out every day. And um, I get to the privilege to balance the art, the science, the craft, as I call it, of storytelling on really some of the most iconic beauty brands in the industry. So I began my beauty career on Maybelline uh, Cosmetics. And uh, so I started on Maybelline. I led the eye and the lips category for Maybelline New York. I moved over to L'Oreal Paris. I led the Garnier Fructis hair care brands. And now I'm serving as general manager over a portfolio of brands, some of which include multicultural brands, Carol's Daughter and Sachin Carson, and then a new up and coming skincare brand, which is called Thayer's Natural Remedies. And so for those brands, I oversee both the U.S., uh, U.S. business as well as the global side of, of those brands. So that's my background in a nutshell. That sounds so exciting and so fun with a new brand launching. Yes, very exciting. So when you think back to when you started your career in beauty, how has the industry as a whole developed since then, particularly in relation to inclusivity and diversity? Because we have uh, come a long way, but definitely not enough. Yeah, you know, I'm really proud, Frida, because there has been so much change. And I would say even in the last two years, a lot has changed uh, so much for the better, uh, unfortunately, out of difficult times. But, you know, out of struggle comes strength. So uh, I'm really proud of everything that's taken place. Today, we have the opportunity to celebrate everything that makes us different. And it's not just about tying into like this perfect ideal or, or this perfect standard, but it really is about celebrating the nuances, the differences, uh, the things that make each individual special. 
And um, really less about perfection. And I would say when I first started, it really was all about perfection. Every hair strand had to be perfect. Every eye look had to be perfect. Every lip had to be perfect. And now people really just embrace, you know, their own individuality, flaws and all. And um, I think that really is important because everybody can now look at beauty and find themselves and find that um, find people in images that reflect them. And that's something that I'm really proud to be a part of, that I'm at the forefront of selecting images and selecting creators and selecting talents that go out and reflect the faces of beauty. And so I get to choose too. I get to be a part of that change that we are seeing in the, in the beauty industry. So, and I think it's just really important. That's amazing to hear and so fun that you are at the forefront and that a big brand as L'Oreal is really uh, making this an important part uh, of the business. And it's very interesting because we see that like the Gen Z and millennial generation are really appreciating this this authentic uh, like approach to social media and not only in beauty but also in like fashion. You we mm-hmm. want to step away from that unfiltered content and we want to see like m- more people and not everything has to be perfect all the time. Yes. Yes. You know what our consumers demand? They demand it. I mean, if you follow any brand on social media, if there's an image that goes up and and they don't see diversity reflected, they call it out. And I think that's something that's really important now because There is a community of people involved with bringing about this change that we all want to see. So we have we have our Gen Z consumers, we have um, people of color, and we also have allies. So everybody gets to be a part of, of of this change that we're seeing in the world. And when they don't see it, they call the brands out. And so nobody wants to be uh, one of the brands that's being called out for not being inclusive. And so, no, you don't want to do it because it is because of pressure, but you want to do it because it's the right thing to be done. And so I really appreciate this sense of community that we have uh, in terms of bringing about the change that we all want to see. Yeah, and I think that's really important, as you said, not to do it because it's it should feel like a, something that you need to do, but because it's something that you want to do and that it brings some value to like making the world a better place overall. Yeah, yeah. When I think about, that's something too I'm really proud about for L'Oreal specifically. And yes, I have a, a portfolio of brands that I manage within L'Oreal, but we also operate from a general sense of purpose. And our purpose is to create beauty that moves the world. And our mission is to generate beauty for all, is to share beauty for all. So when you have a purpose and a mission as an organization, the way it comes to life for different brands is different. So for my two brands that are more multicultural focused, yes, the way we come to life is, is going to be one way. And even within a multicultural environment and even within um, beauty for Black women specifically, we still have a responsibility to show diversity. So I need to show diverse skin tones. I need to show diverse hair textures. I need to show the diversity of people of color. The way it comes to life on other brands may be very differently. So we all have this unique um, area of opportunity to bring about diversity within, you know, within the market. 
Yeah, definitely. And we touched a bit uh, on this, but uh, the Gen Z generation uh, and also millennial is demanding more inclusivity from brands. Yes. So how how are L'Oreal adjusting uh, your marketing to respond to this? And do you have any concrete examples of how you do it? Yeah. So again, we have our purpose and our mission, which is at the forefront. When I think about my brand specifically, so I talked earlier about my new skincare brand, Thayer's, that I'm launching. So we over-index among Gen Z consumers on Thayer's. And Thayer's is a broader reaching brand. Um, But we have had to make a concerted effort on this brand when we look at our influencers and our content creators, if we have too many people uh, that are are of an overrepresented population, we need to pull back and we need to make a co- more concerted effort to make sure our influencers and our content creators reflect the community that we want to appeal to and reflect the community of, of our diverse um, population. So that's something that we have to, as brands, stand up and and really say we want to do things differently and we want to reach more than just our core consumer. We want to reach everybody and we want everybody to see our brand and to feel represented in that. So I think that's something that all brands should be doing, even if you are a brand that may be, um, may be targeted or maybe reach more of one demographic that you have to really go out of your way to reach other consumers and to appeal to other consumers. Yeah, definitely. And something you touched uh, a bit upon is your uh, diversity strategy in your influencer marketing. Uh, yeah. How how are you working with influencers today and how, how do you take out the diversity and inclusivity mission and vision here? Yeah. So on all of our brands, um, we have uh, a, a strong mix of diverse influencer partners. We encourage them through their content creation to bring their full selves. So we want to make sure we bring diversity, not just in term, terms of the traditional hair texture, skin tone, and ethnicity, but also body type, age diversity, gender diverse, diversity, sexual identity, Um, And we want to do it in a way that really feels authentic and not like, oh, we tried to do that. So, for example, we were casting talents and we wanted to have couples uh, that were featured in um, in one of our creatives. And so we chose a male couple because they were just a really cool, dynamic couple. They were fun. They were energizing and they really reflected the spirit of the brand. So. When we show this couple, it doesn't feel like we just want to support uh, an LGBTQI couple. It's more that this is a cool couple. And so the conversation is more about the brand and the product, but we reflect diversity in that way. So we do it in a lot of different creative ways that feel very authentic to the content creator, that feel authentic to the brand as well. Um, and we constantly are assessing. So we never want to rest on our laurels and feel like we, oh yeah, we got it right. We did it. You know, we we checked that box. It's just something that's naturally incorporated into our brand DNA. And that's so important today. Uh, it really is. As you said, you don't want to get the impression or even if it's so or not, that this is just something you do just because you should. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. So how has your audience responded to this uh, these campaigns and this strategy overall do you see a good like uh, good feedback or conversations uh, from them 
Yes, the the audience has been very positive. Um, they will tell you when they like something and they will also tell you when they don't like it. Yes. So they have been very responsive to it and they have fun with it too. So we're having fun. We're selling beauty, but we're also having fun um, and we're being inspirational and aspirational with it. Uh, one of the things that this makes me think about... Um, we did a campaign earlier this year on Carol's daughter for a hair care product called Wash Day Delight. And the product is about how can you make your wash day better? And so we featured a couple and the it was a male female couple and the guy was taking her her hair. So it was actually a biracial couple, which that can sometimes be a bit polarizing because maybe everybody doesn't relate to that. But people love the campaign so much. Nobody even commented on the fact that this was a biracial couple. They loved and everybody could relate to the the guy in their life or the partner in their lives taking their their hair care products. So it was a universal message. Everybody had fun with it. People reposted it. Um, and so I think that is something that we were really proud of, that we could bring we could bring so many elements uh, to diversity in terms of how we were creating content. So I would say the, the response has been very positive overall. Yeah, that's a great idea. Just playing into the fun, entertaining uh, content side. I think that is great. And yes, we can all uh, all agree on that we've been in that situation yes. of your boyfriend or girlfriend taking your hair products. Exactly, exactly. These are normal things for all of us, right? Yes, and I love that. And that we can also see in like a lot of research coming that uh, consumers want it to be fun, lighthearted, entertaining, uh, which is also why uh, TikTok, I think, has grown incredibly much. Uh, yes. Also reels on Instagram and the video formats. Yes. So are there any challenges you've faced in trying to achieve uh, these goals? And what would you be recommending to other brands facing similar challenges in how to approach a more diverse and, uh, and inclusive uh, like marketing and mission and vision overall? Yeah, I mean, I think, look, as we said, I'm, I'm proud to celebrate all the wins that we have had, but there definitely is still a lot more work to be done. Um, I think uh, if we think specifically around the Black consumer and the work that's being done, I'm proud to see more brands reflect diversity uh, in terms of not just their influencer content, but also the the brand offerings. But I would like to see more. I would like to see more brands do more. Um, I also would like to see more recognition beyond just the, the Heritage Months, if you will. So beyond like a Black History Month or an AAPI Month, that we recognize the importance that people of color uh, bring to the table or Hispanic Heritage Month. Like we have all these different months, especially in the U.S., but I believe a lot exists outside of the U.S. as well. So I think recognizing the importance of diversity and inclusion full year around and fully included in your campaigns, not just the, the B girl, if you will, or the friend, but that people of color can be the lead talents um, and diverse talents sell products and consumers want to see that uh, and that we need to normalize that uh, more. So that that's what I really would like to see uh, more of. And more brands taking, like making bold moves. Like I talked about how we had to relook at our 
our content creators and we we had to pull some people off because we knew that our um, talent pool wasn't as diverse as, as we wanted it to be. And those are really bold steps that brands have to have to take in order to be more intentional about uh, bringing about diversity. So that would be my biggest advice to all brands is to be intentional and to normalize diversity. So it's not something that we have to be talking about in the next five to 10 years. It just is. Um, I think as an industry, we have to be fully committed to making sure we have a consistent and a concerted effort to bring about like more inclusivity and that we have brands that represent our markets and our populations. So for me, there's three key things that we all need to do in order to do that. Uh, one is that we make sure we are working with diverse content creators on our teams. Um, the second thing is that we are having uh, more diverse teams. So it takes allies and it also takes people of color to bring about the change that that we want to see. Um, and I think three, we have to really look at the overall DNA of our brands and think about what do we want our brands to represent? Not what do they represent right now, but what do we really see for the future of our brands? And how do we uh, bring these three things together uh, to make that happen? That's great advice. And you talked a bit about the future. So do you have any predictions for how inclusive beauty will develop in uh, the last uh, part of 2022 and beyond? Mm -hmm. um, I think that, I think a couple of things. One, I do think this is going to become more normal uh, because whether brands want to do it or not, like everything we've been talking about today, consumers expect it and they demand it. Um, and so they are going to have to do it whether they want to do it or not. So one, I think diversity is going to become very normalized. Two is I think that they have to think about more in terms of how to really bring about the true authenticity of the, the content creators and how they can bring their culture into the brands in a way that the brands would not be able to do. So For example, I saw a content creator this weekend who was of Indian descent and they showed like they created content and they had on a sari and they talked about what it meant to be Indian and the impact of their skincare with with the products. And so it was very interesting, very dynamic, also about the brands. But I think if brands allow content creators to bring more of their full selves to the content, that it makes for a richer experience um, and it allows people to identify with the brands in a different way that the brands wouldn't be able to do on their own. Yeah, really tell the personal story behind the creator. I think that's really good. Yeah. Erica, it's been a pleasure talking to you and big thanks for joining the podcast and sharing your excellent expertise in this area. I think so many of our listeners will find this super valuable. Thank you, Frida. Thank you so much. That went so fast, too. Yes, 15 minutes <laughs> so go much. fast. Yes, yes. Thank you so much. This brings us to the end of another episode of Influencer Marketing Talks. If you want to continue staying up to date on our weekly podcast episodes, influencer marketing content, and what's up on the consumer marketing scene, make sure you follow us on our social media platforms at Cure Media.